0: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you. We are live with you on Sunday nights, and the website is ChristianMoney.com, ChristianMoney.com. And so much to get into tonight. I first want to let you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different broadcast tonight. Normally, we have an opening segment, which is about 30 minutes, and then we go into a guest segment. Tonight, our guest that was going to be with us was unable to make it due to a family emergency. However, kind of improvising here, we found this out a couple of days ago, I have put together a special broadcast uh, segment for you. Uh, which will take place um, at about the bottom of the hour here. And it is seven ways, my top seven ways for you to make money online. And this is going to be really cool because I used to actually teach a class for many years uh, for people who wanted to learn some of the different business models of making money online, whether for part-time or for full-time. And so this is going to be neat. This gives me an opportunity to do that. Now, our guest that was going to be here, we're rebooking her, but the topic was going to be Americans who are expatriating. And there are so many Americans now that are finding a better life in other countries during retirement. And this is for a lot of different reasons. There's not one reason. Uh, But for example, many countries have programs where You can get very low cost, maybe even free health care while you're living there. And the economy is not good for finding a job or, you know, living there during your working years. But if you're retired, somebody that has a retirement income, even from just Social Security, a lot of these areas uh, have become places for uh, retirement havens, if you will, for Americans. And we did a show last year, and there's many, many videos about this on my YouTube channel as well, about Ecuador. Ecuador is one of those areas. Our guest tonight was going to be talking about Mexico. She had left the U.S. to retire in Mexico. Uh, So this may sound like a strange idea, but it really is not. We're going to get back to it again when we rebook her. So we're looking forward to that. But if you want to see some more information on this uh, take a look at my YouTube channel. You can find me under the YouTube username James L. Paris. And there is a video in particular that you'll want to take a look at. There's a few over there, but watch the one that's titled American retires to Ecuador. That is a video I did in Ecuador. I was there last year in July for 10 days and interviewed an American that had been living there for 10, for uh, three years And uh, really interesting, including that he lived in a three-story house, which we got a chance to visit and show on the film, three-story house he was living in for $400 a month rent. And they've got a health care program there, and it's super cheap there. I mean, like we would go out to dinner, and it was $5 for a beautiful dinner. Uh, So these are things people are thinking about. It's not for everybody, but uh, it is a good plan for some people. If you're adventurous and you're somebody who maybe has – a high medical uh, plan cost, or you have a pre existing medical condition, people are doing this. They're moving to these other areas, and uh, medical benefits is one of those reasons. Okay, next week, our guest is going to be Steve Ubaney. He's going to be coming back to talk about his book, Who Murdered Elvis Presley. And what's interesting about this, we did an interview with him maybe seven or eight months ago. Now, that was still when we were on the Genesis uh, communications network. I do not know what happened, but somehow the audio quality of that interview was not very good, but the interview is incredibly uh, popular with our listeners in terms of downloads. So we tried to improve the audio quality. Couldn't figure that out. So I told my producer, let's rebook Steve Ubaney. Let's just do the who murdered Elvis interview over again and this time, of course, we'll be able to do it without any commercials and we'll be able to have a much better sound quality. So really looking forward to, uh, to that. That will be next week. And then I believe we have coming up in two weeks, L.A. Marzuli, our good friend that talks about the Bible and UFOs and Bible prophecy and just a really neat guy. Excited to have him coming on in a couple of weeks. All right, so we're able to do these shows without commercials, and we do that because every week we have a sponsor that sort of pays the freight for us to not have commercials. This week, our sponsor is my online class on on cryptocurrency, and it is BitcoinWorkshop.us. That is this week's sponsor, BitcoinWorkshop.us. Now, I've talked about it before, but I want to just again mention it to you And a couple of things we're doing now, a couple of bonuses that you can take advantage of. If you, I think we're going to do this for the next week or so. Uh, two bonuses we're offering one is a copy of my brand new book, well, a year old, that's pretty new, <laughs> The 90 Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. You get a copy of that book as a bonus. And then this is really neat we're going to give you 250 cloud coins. Now, this is one of those smaller, lesser known cryptocurrencies that some people think has the potential to maybe be the next Bitcoin. And we've had uh, the, uh, the creator of cloud coins on the program before a couple of times, actually. Um, it's a really interesting cryptocurrency. And we're able to work it out that all of our new uh, members to the class are going to be given as a free gift just for enrolling, not just the 90-minute Bitcoin book. But you'll also get 250 CloudCoins coins as a bonus for joining. Now, BitcoinWorkshop.us, what is it? It's an online class, which there are several videos that you will watch as part of the class. And you can watch them unlimited. They're available on demand 24-7. In addition to that, you get uh, access to our private Facebook group. And it's a private, secret, closed Facebook group that only the students are able to get in there. What you do in the, in the Facebook group is you can post your questions. You can post comments, make your own predictions about Bitcoin, other cryptocurrencies. It's always interesting to interact with the other students. I'm in that group as well, of course, very active in there. It's a place to post your questions for me as well. So check it out. It's, it's a great course. I don't think anybody really has anything like this, and especially for the low price that we're offering this course at as well. So check it out. The extra bonuses are there for you. The free book and the 250 cloud coins, both there for you. Check out the online class tonight. Sponsor, BitcoinWorkshop.us, BitcoinWorkshop.us. All right, something big happened over the weekend. This is one of those stories where it's, in my mind, this is a big story, but it hasn't gotten a lot of traction yet. And maybe that's just because it's the weekend. This sometimes happens. Something big happens on the weekend, but all of your big talk shows and news hosts are not on duty. So it's not a big deal until Monday morning. It's um, there was uh, actually two drone attacks that took place over the weekend um, on Saudi Arabia refineries. And this was a really big deal. Apparently the amount of damage that was done, the Saudis have had to take offline 50% of their oil production because of these drone attacks on two of their oil refineries. So that equates to 5% of the world's oil supply being taken offline this weekend because of these uh, drone attacks. Now, The United States says the drone attacks came from, guess who, Iran. Iran denies that these were their drones. Although with the technology, and and we're not talking about the drones you see kids flying around at, at the park. These are large aircraft that are capable of dropping bombs. And that's, of course, what happened in this case. Uh, No doubt the U.S. has satellite imagery that will uh, be able to prove where these drones were launched from, where they returned to, and it sounds like they've already concluded that it's Iran. Now, Iran has already um, taken, I don't know, what is it, two or three different oil tankers. They've been up to a lot uh, of no good, and the president has, you know, our president has been pretty restrained, I think, in all of this, but I know that the one thing that the president is concerned about right now is the economy. And, you know, I don't want to be a negative uh, person here either, but I've been saying for weeks now that we re- we really could be going into a recession. And um, there's a lot of reasons to think that. Um, we're going to talk in a couple of minutes here about negative interest rates, but just some of the, the – um The things that we look at, you know, people that follow the economy, for example, the amount of consumer debt is reaching record levels. We also have an alarming uh, default rate, people starting to pay their car payments late, uh, their mortgages late. These are things that happen before a major downturn. So we've got a lot of indicators that would tell us we may be headed for trouble in the economy. But can you imagine what could happen if? we get into a situation where the price of oil uh, doubles or triples and they're talking about just this one attack by Iran uh, could push the price of oil uh, to a hundred dollars or more when the markets open up uh, here uh, in the middle of the night. I guess the first trading would be uh, in in Asia, the oil markets, but uh, You know, talk about bringing the economy down quickly. The the price of oil, that's baked into everything. Your groceries are going to go up if oil goes up. Over at the pump, the cost of buying gas is going to jump up. Maybe instead of $2.50 a gallon, maybe you're paying $3.50, $4, maybe $5 a gallon. This is really going to be an economy killer if the price of oil goes up. So it'll be really interesting to see how the president handles this. Of course, we have uh, the recent uh, firing or resignation whatever you want to say uh, on John Bolton, uh, who is a, a real hawk, somebody that was ready to go to war, uh, as it were, uh, at the drop of a hat. And, and the president has been really restrained. However, I, I'm not sure that he can ignore this if, in fact, it is proven that uh, the Iranians are behind these bombings. Now the Saudis in and of their, their own right I mean they have a massive military capability primarily supplied to them by the US I mean they they could really really wreak havoc on Iran themselves but it may be more strategic for the US to make that bombing run in one US senator Lindsey Graham is suggesting that the best option uh, to uh, to take here would be to retaliate by Uh, bombing two or three of Iran's uh, oil refineries, sort of a tit for a tat. So we will see what happens. Um, Again, this has not really been covered over the weekend as much of a big story. However, I think it is a huge story, a huge story, and it could even mean that we go to a full-scale war with Iran. Interesting to note that Iran not only denies it attacked the Saudi refineries, but it then goes on to say that it is, quote, ready for war with the United States. Interesting. Okay, so we move ahead to this story. There are new accusations against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, he is already a Supreme Court justice, which is what makes this story so confusing. Why in the world are they still after this guy? He, he, he now has a lifetime appointment. He is a member of the Supreme Court. Uh, There is nothing they can do uh, to take him off the Supreme Court unless, I guess, there's a way you can impeach a Supreme Court justice. But dragging up some type of an old accusation is certainly not going to do that. So apparently there is another woman that has come forward, supposedly with another story about him dropping his pants and flashing someone while he was a student at Yale. And uh, I've been following this story over the last several hours, and the latest on it is that this might be all about promoting a book, some kind of a book that's coming out uh, with all these accusations against Brett Kavanaugh. You wonder, though, you know, what are the liberals up to here? And I've been thinking about this all day. You know, why are they going after Kavanaugh again? Well, one theory I have on this is it's possible that in the very near future, that Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, might retire. She's got all kinds of health issues, including uh, cancer again. And let's assume she does retire and leaves the Supreme Court, and that leaves a vacancy for the president to make yet another appointment. Maybe this is a warning to anyone who is being considered. Uh, look, if you, uh, you know, if, if you uh, go into the hearing to be considered for the Supreme court, we're going to drag up all this stuff about you as well. And even after you get on the court, we're going to keep dragging stuff up about you. I mean, maybe this is some kind of a a threat. I, I think the, the ultimate answer to that though, is for the president to nominate a woman. It would be, it would be a nice thing to do if you're replacing Ginsburg, who is a woman, replace her with a woman. I think that would be fitting and it would take away all of these ridiculous you know, rape uh, allegations, group rapes, and all this crazy stuff that was never proven. Um, And apparently even in this story I was reading today, that the person who was supposedly the victim of this flashing, they were interviewed and they say they don't remember it. So even the story, the source of the story, the woman who supposedly was the victim of this uh, doesn't remember it happening. So, I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. But I think if you nominate a woman, I think it would uh, at least get us out of this kind of weird cycle. Although you never know, the Democrats might accuse a woman of rape uh, as well. Uh, So you just don't know what they're going to do here. A lot of this makes no sense. There must be some strategy, (laughs) at least in their own minds, about this. But that's another story that uh, you're going to hear again this week on all the big news uh, talk shows Uh, Brett Kavanaugh back in the news, more accusations percolating about things that happened back when he was in college at Yale. Okay, so the world of cryptocurrency. I know a lot of people have been frustrated. Uh, Bitcoin has been kind of stuck in a trading range between like 10,000 and 10,500, maybe for the last couple of weeks or so. However, I was reading today uh, one analyst. Who follows the technical movements? Now, I used to do this years ago when I was trading stocks and I was managing millions of dollars for clients. I no longer do that. That is trading short term. But those people that do trade short term, the bit the Bitcoin market, uh, the cryptocurrency market, they are saying that this short range that Bitcoin has been trading in between ten thousand and ten thousand five hundred is really good news for the cryptocurrency and might signal much higher prices in the very near future. I don't know. I mean, a lot of these short-term price predictions just tend to be all over the map. I don't know how much faith to put in them or not. But some longer-term predictions that are really interesting, uh, we have Tim Draper, who, of course, is the hedge fund manager who owns a lot of Bitcoin. If you remember, he was the guy that bought all the Bitcoin from that uh, U.S. Marshals auction some years ago, but he's got a huge stake in Bitcoin uh, through his hedge fund. He had predicted some time ago that by the year 2022, that's just three years from now, that Bitcoin would be $250,000 for just one Bitcoin. He came out just this weekend and said that that prediction may be very conservative. In other words, Bitcoin could very well be a lot higher than $250,000 by 2022. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, another, another uh, Bitcoin story in the news is uh, McAfee. John McAfee says that based on his calculations, Bitcoin should already right now be $100,000 right now. And if we if we just you know get a current price for today, uh, 10348 is is the price I'm seeing right now, uh, it's still fluctuating between that ten thousand and that ten thousand five hundred. But I really do think there is a tremendous upside in this, and this gives me a chance also as I'm mentioning the price of Bitcoin ten thousand ten thousand five hundred uh, to just remind people you don't need to have ten thousand dollars to get involved with Bitcoin. You can get started with Bitcoin for just a few dollars. Uh, There is a way uh, to get started, you know, $10, $15, $20, something like that. I mean, that is all possible because Bitcoin is divisible by up to eight numbers past the decimal point. So don't think in terms of I have to buy one whole Bitcoin to be able to get started. Uh, You can just start with 100 bucks, 50 bucks, even 10 bucks. Uh, There are even some ways to get free Bitcoin, which we've got uh, information on that in the online class, again, which is available over at BitcoinWorkshop.us. All right, the final thing I want to talk about in this segment, which is really, really fascinating, is the idea of negative interest rates possibly coming to the United States. And this is something people are not really familiar with here in the United States, although presently in Japan, they have negative interest rates. And let me tell you what this means. This means that when you put your money in the bank or in a government bond, that you don't receive any interest. But it's even worse than that. You actually pay money to have your money on deposit. So I'll give you an example of that. Let's say that your bank was offering an interest rate on a CD of negative 1%. I know this sounds nuts, but this is actually a real possibility where we could be going with this economy. That would mean that if you put a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, that a year later you would get back only 99,000, that you would actually lose a thousand dollars. Now, why would people do that? Why would people put their money into something where they would lose money? Well, in, in those economies that get to that point where there are negative interest rates, people are mostly concerned with not losing their principal. So somebody would say, look, I've got $100,000. I don't want it to drop to be worth only 50000 or 75000 if I put it into the investment markets. So I'll put it in the bank knowing I'm going to only get back 99,000, but at least I know I'm going to get 99,000, I'm only going to lose 1,000. Now I know this kind kind of gets into the like the twilight zone of investing, right? But this is possibly where we're going and uh there was a comment made by the president recently where he said that the feds need to drop rates to 0 or less, indicating the possibility Of negative interest rates. Now, one of the things you have to think about is this. There are a lot of people in this country that live on a fixed income and they live on bank CDs and savings account interest and those kinds of things. Now, that's already super low. Those rates are low and they're going lower. But can you imagine what would happen to the fixed income retiree who was facing not only 0% on their money but even losing money by having it in the bank i mean this is just crazy uh and this is possibly where we're going now there's a couple of reasons why this is done um th- why rates are are lowered by the fed one is of course um it it causes people to borrow money so one of the ways to sort of kickstart the economy is to make money cheap, which encourages borrowing. That gives people the ability to buy houses, to buy cars, for people to start businesses, to expand businesses. That is one of the main reasons why interest rates are lowered to try to kickstart the economy. Um, the other side of it, though, is is interesting, and a lot of people don't realize this, is when interest rates are lowered, it creates a disincentive to keep money into Uh, fixed interest uh, accounts, and it drives that money instead into the stock market. This is why there's an inverse relationship between interest rates and stocks. When interest rates go down, stocks generally go higher. When interest rates go up, stocks generally go lower. And this is because people reach a point where they're making so little on their fixed interest investments that they decide, you know what? I'm putting my money into the stock market. This is crazy. I'm not going to make 1% or 2%. And and that becomes uh, sort of the only reasonable option for them. And so that is the other way that the um, lower interest rates can sort of kickstart the economy is by forcing people to take that money and put it into the equity market. So uh, negative interest rates coming, not sure. Lower interest rates coming, that is for sure. I have no doubt about that. And that you know brings up all kinds of things that us personal finance guys talk about. Maybe in the next few months might be another great time to possibly look at refinancing. I was looking at 30-year mortgages today below 4% on a 30-year mortgage. So if you're at, you know, four and a half percent, five percent, maybe now's the time to look at refinancing. I know a lot of people have refinanced maybe a year or two ago, and now they're thinking, well, you know, maybe I should do it again. Man, wouldn't it be something if you could get a 30-year mortgage at like 2% at some point? Man, oh man, those days could definitely be coming. All right, so that is our first segment Uh, We've got our special segment coming up for you, which I'm really excited about top seven ways to make money online top seven ways to make money online. We'll have that coming up in one minute. So we'll refire the open and we'll be back in one minute. Stand by.